The following podcast is an audio version of a live show that takes place daily on Crowdcast. To join our live audience, visit our Crowdcast website at crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. That's crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. We're not allowed to have fun anymore. So lieu of fun, let's at least not be bored. Come and we're live. It is Friday, January 28th, 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. I talked over Ben to start the show, and it is an alternative to cheese night night. No, it is not corn cob night. No, it is not snow night. No, it is not headband night or me just doing what I normally do night. Tiara night. It is, what night is it, Ben? Uh, It is uh, a traditional seasonal delicacy of Thin Mints, Girl Scout cookies, and uh, bourbon, uh, paired by a a whiskey sommelier and a small child in an absurd uniform. Um, And uh, they came to the house together. Wait, do they still wear the uniforms? Yeah, they still wear the ridiculous uniforms. Um, Oh, that was uh, my favorite part of Girl Scouts was the uniform. Girl Scouts are awesome, and and they uh, and we we got a nice thank you note from our Girl Scout, a ha- handwritten note. It said thank you for buying cookies, which I thought was admirably to the point and adorable. And uh, she'd clearly worked on the handwriting quite a lot, and uh, so we have been um, you know feasting on the seasonal delicacy with the whiskey. And uh, that's why it is actually not quite cheese night tonight. It is, however, uh, a, a night that we have a particularly good surrogate for fun. We are not allowed to have fun anymore, but we are allowed to play Audience Where's the Lie, a second special edition, a second edition of it with the Reverend Dr. Hillary Livingston, we presume, who you will recall was nominated by the first uh, participant in Audience Where's the Lie, a.k.a. at Ducks with Pants. So, uh, Reverend, welcome to the show. You, you, you're Thank enjoying you. the snowstorm? Um, well, it's not here yet, but it's coming. We had the we had this pre like the pre snow snow earlier today. It was just a little bit of snow, but like the real snow is coming like later. So we're getting ready, hunkering down. Um, so here's what I thought about doing. So I have, I thought it'd be fun to maybe tell some weird seminary dating stories. And I thought the audience could pick which story they want me to tell. One is true and one is a lie. And you won't know which one till the end, but they get to vote on which one I will tell. Why don't you, can you tell them both? And then we can vote which one is the truth and which one is the lie? Okay, we could do it that way. Right. All right. I love All right. that. Right. So wait, that so then you have to change the poll, KK. I know. Okay, I'll change the poll. Hold on. Jeez. Uh, All right. So what okay. are we calling these stories? Because they need so to have names the, if one of them's going to be true and the other's going to be false for the poll. Right. So so the first one is colossal Hershey colossal Hershey kiss Valentine's date. Ooh. <laughs> That's the first one. Did you get all that story? Is the colo- I'm shortening it. Is the colossal Hershey Kiss story a lie? And and um and before dawn bookstore date. So don't which which should I? This, don't you want to do this, KK, in one poll? Like which story is a lie? Oh, so you're allowing for the possibility that both could be true or both could be a lie. Yeah. I Well, because they're not going to be able to, if while the Hershey Kiss story is happening, they can't vote on if I make the Hershey Kiss, like, anyway. But but maybe it would be, like, really cool to watch the swing when everybody thinks she's lying in the first one and then the second one is even more ridiculous. But who's in charge of everything? Oh. (laughs) She went there. 
Hold on. You're right, no. KK. I know. <laughs> it's up to you. I, Go I for didn't, it. I didn't, I didn't mean to complicate things or cause tension between How? the no, 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 you have just, you have just like done an emperor has no clothes kind of moment. Uh, <laughs> KK is in charge of everything. And so she gets to decide. No, it's okay. okay. Hershey kiss story or, um, bookstore. Before dawn bookstore date. Before. I'm just collecting pens here for note taking. Okay. <laughs> She's ready. Okay. And remember, folks, no Googling. Yeah, that is... In, in case just, there's any any of my exes out on the internet that might be... A reminder of the <laughs> rules, people. Uh, the Reverend Doctor will give us two uh, stories. You can vote at any time. You can change your vote at any time. You can pop comments into the uh, Greek chorus chat at any time. You, if you want to be a member of the panel that will interrogate the Reverend Doctor, you can volunteer in the Ask a Question box. Uh, here is what you cannot do. You cannot Google any fact germane to this story. You cannot real-time check the truth or falsehood of anything the Reverend Doctor is saying, except for with your own memory and by consulting other people's memories in the Greek chorus. In other words, we have to act like the world of In Lieu of Fun is a self-contained opinion bubble that uh, does not interact with the rest of the world. Where's the lie, Ben? Where's not the a lie? political body. <laughs> Isn't it already that? <laughs> well, that's the point. You have to really commit to the bit. Um, so, uh, this is the first time we're going to have two stories. I like this version. One is true. One is false. Right now, the vote is even. Which one is true? Uh, Reverend Doctor, your first story. Okay. Any thoughts on which one you want to go? Which one you want me to do first or well, just pick one? The whole the Hershey Kiss one is first. So I just Okay, I'll start with that one. Yeah. All right. So Colossal Hershey Kiss Valentine's Date. So this was my very first semester in seminary, which was in the late 90s. I'm not going to say where I went. I mean, you could look it up pretty easily, but I don't. No, you I can't. I, you can't. But later on, you could. But I'm not going to say it on here. It's somewhere in the in the in the eastern part of the U.S. But you're a Presbyterian um, minister, right? So it's some Presbyterian seminary. But, but did I? But maybe I didn't go to a Presbyterian seminary. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, so anyway, it was my twist. first plot. I know, seriously, plot twist. It's like everything um, is so everything about the good doctor. Everything you lie. thought you knew is wrong, right out of the gate. Um, Trained so, as okay, a mom so it was, in the late nineties. <laughs> so, so I was my first semester in seminary. It the the place doesn't. It's not really that um, crucial. But so I started in January, like halfway through the like in the spring semester, not the fall semester. And obviously most people start in the fall semester. So it's kind of a weird time to start because everybody's kind of already established and whatnot. Um, so I was trying to find some way to meet people. And um, one of the um, women on my on my hall, I lived in the, the dorms the first couple of years I was there. And she said, well, we're like Valentine's Day's coming up and like everything's very like couple focused and romantic. And she said, I just want to organize something that's just for like single people to just like relax and enjoy each other's company and not have like any romantic overtones, just go and hang out like as friends on Valentine's day and like celebrate our singlehood. And I'm like, okay, cool. This could be a good way to meet people because I was single and, and still am. Um, and I thought, okay, that'll be cool. So we go um, out and I think a bunch of us went to dinner somewhere and it was a mixed group of you know men and women and there was a good big group of us maybe 20 of us and i had a good time and had a nice conversation a couple of nice conversations with folks and thought okay that was cool i got to meet people and then um the next week was actual like actual valentine's day i think it fell during the week at some point so I go to my mailbox and I get this little package slip and I, it says I got a package. So I go to the, to the desk to get my package and she pulls out this giant pink bag with red froofy paper in it. And inside of it is one of those colossal like 
comically large candy bars that they have that come out at like Valentine's Day. So it's like, I mean, it's like, like big. Um, and inside that was a note that said, here's a kiss from me to you. Love Dave, not his real name. Um, and I, my first thought was, who's Dave? Wait, and when, you say, <laughs> when you say not his real name, do you mean it's said on the card, not his real name? No, or do you mean I'm just saying that you're I'm, disguising the name of I'm, the person. I'm changing the names to protect the innocent and not so innocent. Okay. Oh. Um, Ooh. I like so, I love this is already so, so spicy. Here, here's a kiss from me to you, love Dave. And my first thought is, who's Dave? <laughs> and it took me a while to remember like who it was. Well, apparently he was with this group that we hung out with, and I guess he liked talking to me. And um, I figured out it was him, and I thought, okay, this giant Hershey kiss is a, maybe a little forward, but okay, maybe he's just expressive, okay. So he asked me out, and we went out to dinner, and like, it was fine, but I wasn't really feeling it. And, you know, I, after, when he asked me out again, I said, you know, I think you're a nice guy, and, you know, but I just think we should be friends. I'm not really interested in pursuing a romantic relationship. And he said, yeah, I could kind of sense that, you know, you weren't really interested. And he said, but all that behind us, do you still want to go out Friday night? And I'm like, okay, wait, what? <laughs> and, um, and I said, yeah, you know, no, I think, I think I'm just not really interested in you. And oh, okay. And then like, then he started kind of like, like kind of light stalking me, but not like lifetime television, light stalking. <laughs> not lifetime television for women movie stalking, but like sort of like, he just sort of show up like everywhere I was like, you know, just like next to me in the cafeteria or like, I'd be getting a salad, a salad bar, and up he pops next to the garbanzo beef, like, hey, just saying hey, or, you know, um, and he was, like, I was, an, I'm an, I was an MDiv major, which is Master of Divinity, which is, like, the general degree for pastors, so it's, like, a little bit of everything, but not too much of anything, and then he was, like, um, he was interested in biblical archaeology, so he was taking, like, Ugaritic and Akkadian and all these, like, ancient Near Eastern languages, so our schedules, like, never overlapped at all but like he would somehow like wait are you telling me you didn't audit the ugaritic class you know i was going to but it just didn't fit my schedule and i thought I, you know, I, live, I live nearby the biblical archaeology review uh, mm. uh magazine this and, you know, your question what no no it does I, this is not <laughs> part of the question this is banter um uh, and I just feel like, uh, you know, Coptic and Ugaritic and the other ancient Near East languages, uh, we should we should uh, we should treat with a lot of respect. Absolutely. And they're very interesting languages, um, but probably they I felt they probably weren't going to help me pastor small churches in Delaware. So I kind of went with a little bit more of a pra practical oriented classes. But anyway, so he would like, like we would have no reason to like run into each other, like because our classes were totally different, you know, different times of day and whatnot. And he'd just like sort of show up like outside my pastoral ethics class, like, hey, just saying, hey. And I'm like, dude, you have no reason to be here. <laughs> um, and then he like persisted to like, keep asking me out and I'm like no I'm not interested and then he's like well we're going out Friday like with a group of us and I'm like are you sure it's a group because I still feel like that might be like a little too close to a date it's like no no there's going to be a group of us and it's not a date whatever and because I had very poor like interpersonal boundaries at that stage in life I decided to like okay I'll I'll think about it and then Friday came and it turns out he didn't really have a date. There was one other guy that he was trying to beg, borrow, and steal to go to this, like to go to the movies with him. So it would be a group and not a date. And I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, that's not going to work. And I said, if you don't really have a group by like, you know, five o'clock in the afternoon, like I'm, this is not going to work. And that was probably more than I should have given him anyway. But like, like I said, it wasn't wasn't as good with the personal boundaries then. So then I didn't hear from him. And then I ended up going out with some people from my hall and we did something else that night. And when I came back, there was a message on my vo on my answering machine because this was the late nineties. 
and we didn't have like cell phones or texts or anything. Um, and he said, yeah, we're here with like one other guy's gonna join us and do you wanna join us? And I'd already missed it. And then like the next day, I'm in the, you know, I'm in the cafeteria and again, he kind of comes up like out of the blue next to me. He's like, where were you? And I'm like, you know, I didn't go, you know, you didn't, I told you it wasn't go, there wasn't a group. And turns out the other guy dissed it and he was there by himself and had watched the movie by himself. And then yeah, like, sorry, he was said that he ditched him, but really the plan all along was for there never to be. I was going to say, I was going to say, yeah, like his, his plan, his, his plan was foiled and didn't, didn't materialize. So then it just kind of became awkward and like he was just like why won't you go out with me and i'm just on and on and then eventually like the semester ended and he transferred and i don't i don't know what happened to dave but that was that was sort of the oh i thought you were going to say that he, he was now the pastor of some mega church somewhere he may well be i don't know preaching that ugaritic you know preaching in ugaritic maybe do you or i don't know wait or maybe wait. he's maybe he's uncovering like archaeological finds to unlock you know, mysteries of the scriptures or something. He's still looking for the mystery of how to unlock your heart. <laughs> I, I was going to say, and that, that remains, yeah. that remains un. He is currently violating the rules of this uh, uh, in lieu of fun, where's the lie, by Googling you obsessively. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I got to say, nothing about this story sounds remotely implausible to me. Yeah. And I note that while you were telling it, the percentage of people who um, vote that the story you haven't told yet is a lie has skyrocketed to 79%, which suggests to me that a lot of people have uh, responded to this the way I did, which was, boy, sounds like a true story to me. Uh, so what is your second story? Okay, so so we'll see. Maybe it'll swing the other direction. So this is before dawn bookstore date. So this is again, I don't remember exactly when this was in seminary, but um, this guy told me about this local book warehouse that um, I think is still around today and mostly does mail order books, but they have this big warehouse not far from where I went to seminary and they open their warehouse a couple times a year for like this big like blowout sale and you could go and get really good deals on like slightly, you know, slightly imperfect like nerdy theological books. And he's like, oh, are you want to go? It's a great place to like build your library and you know, we can we can go together and look for books and then hang out afterwards. And I'm like, OK. And then he's like, you know, we have to get there early. Um, you know, they, they open their doors at like seven. And I'm like, OK, you know, how early? And he's like, well, we really should leave at like 430 in the morning. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like for real? And he's like, no, you really like you need to get there early to, to get in because all the good books will be gone if you don't get there like you've got to wait in line and and i'm like like for books really yeah yeah okay so again because i had very poor personal boundaries at that point i'm like sure okay i'll go at 4 30 in the morning to this book warehouse with this dude um and somehow i ended up driving so we get there and it's in the winter time um i forget exactly like i think it was maybe like december like kind of toward the end of the semester, like before Christmas. And um, and it's dark, obviously, because it's 4.30 in the morning and it's freezing. So we're bundled up and like waiting in line and we're not the first people there. There's like already like a line of people there. It's like, you know, when they line up for like the latest like Apple products, like, you know, your latest iPad or something, but this is for like nerdy theological books. <laughs> So it's like that. And like the line keeps getting big, you know, like people keep coming and coming. And then eventually they open the doors at like seven and it's like, it's like mass chaos. Like everybody just kind of charge, you know, like those when they show like the day after Thanksgiving and everybody like rushes into Walmart to like grab the, you know, the flat. So this TV. is like, this is like div students Black Friday. Yes, this is exactly, that's exactly what it's like. It's Div's and, and is there violence? 
I mean, I didn't Cause see... Because, like, I feel like if, if, if a Div student isn't trampled to death, like, in a <laughs> is, Best Buy in it, Long Island or something... Is it really... It's, a, is it really Div student Black Friday? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I, I, I gotta see a Div student with the sort of cherubic face of the true believer stomping yeah. on somebody to get their uritic... <laughs> Uh, uh, picking up a giant lexicon and just like, you know, it's <laughs> not a commentary set, you know. Yeah, it's mine. By the pound. Stoning with or books. Or just like, you know, tug of war over like some, you know, Greek lexicon or something. Um, so that's kind of, I mean, I didn't see any violence, but they're well, I mean, it, it easily could have like turned to violence on a dime because it was a huge group of people and people are just like, grabbing but it's like table like like it's like a it's a huge warehouse so it's a huge I don't know how big it is like I, but they have like these huge long tables and all of these books all over and people are like grabbing the books and looking at stuff and getting stacks and um like there's people of all ages like it's not just div students but it's like parents with kids there was like a mom with her baby in the kid in the baby stroller with like books around the baby and all the I mean it was insane <laughs> and like of course, this guy, we'll call him Dave, not his real name. Um, Poor Dave. <laughs> my apologies to anyone named Dave. Um, so so he goes off, and of course, he's like a kid in a candy store. I mean, he just, like, his eyes are really big. It's like Christmas morning. He's just like, oh, my gosh, so many. So he goes off and, like, looks for whatever he's looking for. And I'm, like, over, like totally overwhelmed because I don't really like crowds. I don't really like extreme chaos so I'm like not in my element I haven't really been at seminary that long so I don't even know like what you're really supposed to look for and you can't really look for I mean like there are people kind of looking for stuff but honestly it's like a free-for-all so you can't like sit there and like look through something because people are just like grabbing books left and right so like that goes on for like several hours and like we're supposed to be hanging out and like he's off like you know looking for whatever for his library so we finally like get done at like i don't know like 9 30 or 10 it's it's been like several hours and i'm like starving at this point because we've been on our feet and digging for books since like 4 30 in the morning and so we go to this little diner place and um, you know, we get, and I'm starving. So I'm like, I get like pancakes and so I get like the breakfast that has like all the things with it. And he, you know, gets his stuff and then we're sitting talking and now it's like, okay, we'll get to know each other, you know? And so he's like talking about, um, you know, where you're from and what your, what your major is and da, da, da. And of course, when he finds out I'm an MDiv, he sort of gets a little like, like, you know, his stands up a little straighter and stuff because like like not all men particularly like I I used to be a more from a more conservative background so like conservative men aren't really into women being pastors and preparing for ministry and even though the seminary I went to like supports it not everybody that went there did so it was so he you know I can tell he's like a little bit on edge like he doesn't say anything but he gets a little bit on edge and okay and we're we're talking and then eventually he's like, well, I mean, how do you justify being a woman MDiv student and preparing for ordained ministry when like, you know, the clear teaching of scripture is that like they like shouldn't. And by clear teaching of scripture, there's literally like one main verse that people take out of context, like first Timothy two fifteen, that is often weaponized against women to, you know, prohibit them from being in leadership, which I think is taken out of context and whatnot. Um, and what is that verse and what and what's the contextual issue? Um I'd have to look up it's it's first Timothy I think it's first Timothy two fifteen and it's where where the it's attributed to the Apostle Paul. Um some scholars think he didn't actually write it, but um and it's like I do not permit women to teach or have authority. They must be silent. Um and it goes on about the creation order like for Adam was created first and then even um so, so it's often so basic misogyny yeah i mean it's it's you know it's a it's one for i mean there's 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 a couple other verses that are less like direct but that's like the most direct one that's often like weaponized against women and like i'm kind of like a little ready for some of this okay and then he goes well how do you justify that and i'm like, well how do you justify 
discriminating against half the human race based on one verse taken out of context. Like, and he didn't really like that answer. Um, and he's starting to get like on his he, plate, like he's- Is he hiding behind the garbanzo beans yet? For like he's totally not, different reasons. He is, <laughs> he is aggressively, so he had like, you know, when you get breakfast and they have the little breakfast potatoes, what are they called, the hash brown? And he has his fork and he's like, like kind of stabbing with, his, you know, he starts getting a little more aggressive with it. Um, and then he's kind of talking about like, well, you know, I don't know if, if, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for someone who's kind of strong enough to like be with me and be really sure of herself. And, um, you know, I just, I just want to make sure like you know, people I'm with are like really sure of what they're doing and sure of themselves and, you know, kind of, can you handle like, ha you know, hanging with me kind of thing. And I'm like, well, I'm very secure in my calling and my sense of ministry and I feel very committed. And um, I think you have to determine if you're comfortable hanging with someone like me. And like, he didn't like that answer. <laughs> um, so then he gets up and like, gets all in a huff and like storms, like storms out of the restaurant. <laughs> and like, I don't know, like I was the one who drove. So I don't know, I didn't even know how he got back to campus, but he just leaves. And I'm like, sitting there with my you know pancakes or whatever and I'm like okay that's weird I don't even remember like I, I mean I guess I paid for both of us and again I don't know how I got back to seminary but like um you know I finally like left and got home and he still has all his like he got like nine million books at this book sale so I like call him and I'm like hey dude you know do you want to get your books and like take them over and he's all huffy like putting them in this car whatever. and um you know so that was that we didn't really hang out after that and it was a little bit awkward and is he the pastor yeah. Yeah. he probably is he probably has a goatee and wears like skinny jeans and plays a guitar probably wow Anyway. <laughs> All right. We've got a lot to work with here. If you want to get in on this conversation, mm -hmm. uh, uh, we already have one member of the panel. We got room for two more. KK no, we will, well, we physically don't, but we will ultimately have room for two more. So, um, KK, get us started. What's your first question? I want to know, you said when you were describing for me to put into the poll the two stories, you said that um, the Hershey Kiss story, but then you described it as a candy bar in your story. Which was it? Um, it was a it was a Hershey Kiss. It was a giant Hershey Kiss, but it was in the. I was comparing it to like you know how they make like large like larger versions of the normal candy bars. It was like that, but it was a Hershey kiss okay. and it was big. It was like, you know, yay big. GDF? Hmm. You mean quite a pickle, Rev. Dr. Hillary. Mm. Um, <laughs> so my question would be a timing question about the Hershey kiss story. Okay. So that Friday that he was trying to arrange you guys to hang out in a group, was it the same Friday after Valentine's Day? Like it was immediately following Valentine's Day or was it like extended time? So, okay, so he he gave me the Hershey kiss. I think it was during during the week. So I think Valentine's Day was like during the week. And then we went out on our date like that weekend. I forget if it was Friday or Saturday, but sometime that weekend. And then the following week, he asked me out for the Friday when I told him I wasn't session. interested. Yeah. And then and then he started with the like, you know, okay. oh, all that being all that behind us, you still want to go out with me. And then that started the whole. So it was like a couple weeks after. Okay. So I wanna ask you about being stalked as a seminary student by another <laughs> seminary student. I um I and it just seems to me that there's some point at which such conduct actually implicates one's fitness to be a seminary student, right? Like, like if you're, um, uh, and so 
was there any point in in the theological stocking in which you saw it in in terms of you know questioned his uh uh his calling saw him as like maybe you shouldn't be a a pastor uh or was this sufficiently pre me too that you're kind of like well you know you're you're in a uh uh you know, you you want to run with the big dogs, you got to piss in the tall grass kind of thing. Like, what was your reaction to a seminary student stalking you? Um, I mean, at the time, I mean, I'd say it was more the latter, what you're talking about, because, um, like, I mean, it was definitely annoying and uncomfortable, but it never, I mean, he never did anything like illegal per se. I mean, he never like threatened me or it was just kind of, he was just kind of around and I didn't, I mean, it was annoying, but I didn't think enough of it at that time to think like, Hey, this is kind of weird. And no one around me did either. And you have to understand that like concert, like particularly in conservative Christian circles, like it's sort of expected for men to be more of like assertive and pursuing and women be pursued. And so like, I don't remember anyone else thinking like, you know, no one else sort of said like, Hey, what this guy's doing is kind of weird and inappropriate. It was just kind of like, in fact, some people were, some of my friends, my female friends were even like, Oh, you know, you, you should be happy. This guy's giving you attention and you should give him another chance or go out with him or something. So it was, it's, and what it was is your kind of, reaction? Um, I just, I mean, I felt weird and uncomfortable. I mean, I definitely didn't like it. But again, it in that context, at that time, I didn't really see it as like what we would think of as like stalking today. I mean, I do now, like now that I've kind of had time to process it. Um. And I don't know. I mean, you say like, does it does it make you question his fitness for ministry? I mean, nowadays it does, yeah. But like, I mean, you'd be surprised the people that go to seminary that, I mean, maybe you wouldn't, but I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that go to seminary that you think like, this probably isn't a good fit for you. But, you know, there's a lot of people in ministry that do far more egregious things than this this dude did. And I don't know what happened. You know, I don't know what he, I don't know where he is now. Maybe he is pastor of a mega church and maybe he's escalating and doing it. Or maybe he got his act together and, you know, got counseling and now he's right. more normal. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. So. All right. You muted yourself. I did meet myself. I'm sorry. I'm getting I'm a green square. <laughs> you're you're a green square. Yes, you're a green square. But Paula, ask your question. You're so, very upset. All caps upset, which is not you know <laughs> honest, honestly that unusual for you. So it's hard <laughs> to change. <laughs> no, I just don't like when men act weird for no reason. Yes, I mean, there's Amen, sister. There's a, there's as the resident reason. male here, uh, I think that's a an unreasonable standard. Uh, uh, I am here yeah, wearing wearing a corn on the cob shirt, and um, I reserve the right to act weird for no reason. I think what you mean is act inappropriately for no reason. Yes. And yes. there I would say acting inappropriately, even with a reason, is still inappropriate. It is because this is the prime age for dating for me. Um, so I just, okay, it hits close I to home. I really hope it's not. I mean, you are 21 years old. It was not my <laughs> prime age. <laughs> me neither, Paula. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm 47. I still haven't found my prime age for dating. Yeah, I don't really. Okay, that's all I'm saying. I'm in the thick of it. I also uh, just want to point out one thing about this guy. It's like he sounds like he kind of liked you. He sounds like he kind of like was towing a line of a boundary, but he was like 
not like, I mean, as far as we know, like showing up to your house at odd hour or your apartment yeah. at odd hours or I whatever. Mean, I mean, it was not like, yeah. yeah. I mean, Clonic, defining deviancy down here. Yeah, if you didn't show up at your house, it's no big I just deal. Mean, like, I just mean, <laughs> Sorry, I'm well, there to... is that it's whole just... like creepy cute scale. That's like if you like them, That's it's cute. If it's creepy, yeah, it if you was... don't like them, it's creepy. It was like rom com, exactly. you know, like oh, he's showing up next to the garbanzo beans. Isn't that cute? You know, but he wasn't like it wasn't like I said, it wasn't like Lifetime television for women level stalking. It wasn't like <laughs> you know, yeah, it wasn't like you know, I'm gonna show up at your house and you, I just, you know, like, like very much remember having a crush on this one guy who I knew lived in the fraternity house by this, uh, by the cafeteria in college. And so like, I would like get my cafeteria food and eat it on like the green that was like outside on the mm -hmm. chance that he perhaps like had walked by. I mean, like, I'm just saying there is like a level in which like those types of things happen. Did I go up to his door or like creep on him in the salad bar? No, I did not. <laughs> like, like there are anyways um all right your question paula yes um did you ever think about like confronting him or like being weird back to him mm, i i didn't really think of that i i um i was in a really kind of different place kind of um emotionally than i hopefully I'm now where I was very um, like, I was very shy and introverted and I was kind of awkward and I didn't really know how to like navigate these situations well. And then there was always like, if you, if you've, if you haven't been in like kind of conservative Christian culture, there's kind of a weird gender dynamic anyway, um, because it's very like, you know, traditional and, you know, women, like women should submit to men and men should be the pursuers. And um, it's just kind of a, you know, it, it, it was a weird dynamic. I'm pursuing ministry, but like some of the, like, like the dudes are attracted to you, but they're also kind of like put off that you're pursuing ordained ministry. So it never really occurred to me to do that. Like I wasn't super assertive then, like I'm, I'm more assertive now. Um, and also like, kind of like what Ben was saying, it was like my first semester. I mean, this happened like a couple of weeks after I started. So I thought like, it's a small school. Like, do you want, you know, like, do you want to, do you want to rock the boat? Do you want to like, you know, piss this guy off and make it escalate? Or do you want to, you know, and, and then there's, there's a whole thing where you're second guessing yourself. Like, well, is this really, you know, is this really inappropriate behavior or am I just overreacting or is it, um, it just kind of messed with my head for a while when I was there. And now I, you know, now that I have the benefit of like 20 years of more than 20 years of hindsight, I can see it a little differently. But at the time, I think I was just so caught up in it. I just didn't like know how to navigate it very well. Yeah. Um, I would say like, it's kind of like how like so much behavior in like movies, like the John Cusack holding a boom box over the head, over his head, under her like I, window. I love that movie. I mean, I, I grew I, up I, on I, that. Like, can I just say, this is why I don't like rom-coms because when you really think about them, they're actually very creepy. When you think about the behavior that Paula, goes on. You in need to, like, you, I think we need to like calibrate you a little better. <laughs> like, I feel like, like, okay. Um, Itamar, it is your turn. Go ahead. Okay. I just want to say I'm, I'm with Paula about uh, rom-coms. I think they're kind of weird. All uh, rom-coms are basically creepy. Yeah, all rom-coms yeah. are completely creepy. I, I mean, I do agree with Paula's point completely, but, but I do think that, like, they're not... Yeah, it depends. Anyways, go ahead. Okay, so I, I'd like just some context about uh, seminary, like... How big is seminary? Like, what are the different majors? Are there like different stereotypes about the different majors? Uh, what did each uh, person study again? Um, so the seminary I went to, yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I guess kind of, I guess, I mean, average size, I don't know what the average seminary is, but it was um, mostly like, mostly residential so people lived on campus either in the dorms or in um 
like in apartments. I think the student, I think the main campus, they had a couple satellite campuses, but the main campus was like, I think 500 student, you know, the student population was 500. Um, I mean, the vast majority of people were going for the MDiv, which is the, um, like the ordination track degree. It's kind of like what the MBA in the business world is. It's like kind of the general all purpose degree that you most denominations require to get ordained. And just to um, be clear, they, what, mm -hmm. how many years of study does an MDiv require? If you want to become a, a congregational pastor, what mm -hmm. kind of study course are we talking about? It's normally three years. Um, it took me three and a half. Um, but it's, um, yeah, it's it's usually like two to two and a half years of coursework and then you usually do some kind of like internship or um, we, um, yeah, like an internship type thing. Um, but there were also two year degree programs that were like um, master of arts degrees that you could get in like Old Testament, New Testament, um, counseling, education. And those were more for people that did like specific, um, you know, like they wanted to go on and get their PhD and teach at a, you know, teach at a school or go and like become a licensed therapist or counselor. Like, so, so there were both of them, but, but the majority of people were, I would say, MDiv. Okay, I think it's my turn. So we have to start, I think, kind of going a little faster clip rolling through the first round of questions. Um, okay. Did you buy any books? Um, I think I did buy a few books. Um, I think I ended up buying, there was a Greek lexicon that I needed for a class that I got, and I think I got a couple others, but I didn't, like, most of the people would go and just get these, like, huge like commentary sets and all this kind of stuff. And I was too, it was too early on in, in seminary for me to know like what, you know, what kinds of things you were supposed to get. And I think I was just so overwhelmed by this, by the experience that I, I think I only ended up getting like a couple of books, like, you know, three, two or three. So tell me about the culture of this book fair. Cause, um, You've kind of described it as like Black Friday for seminary students, but um, but it also sounds like it had a genuinely specialized kind of uh, uh, kind of set of products, and um, you know it's a it's it's not a Walmart, right? And so, no. So tell us about about the book fair in a little bit more detail. What is it and who's selling and who's buying? So it's a it's a major um, book distributor that, that specializes in like faith-based, like pr primarily Christian books. And they have all kinds of like from popular culture books, like, you know, books you'd find at um, like Barnes and Noble in the religion section, like, you know, popular culture things, all the way up to like heavy academic, like, you know, commentary sets and lexicons and things. Um, and they mostly did like mail order, like throughout the year, you could like mail order from them. It was kind of like Christian, like a Christian, like Christian book, Amazon, but before Amazon really became a big thing. Um, but they had a physical warehouse, like most people would order books from, you could order books from anywhere in the world, I guess, and they'd send them, but like they had a physical warehouse that they only opened, like they would put out all the books that like, if they got like a commentary set, like returned to them and they couldn't like sell it as new, but there wasn't really anything wrong with it. Or maybe there was like, you know, a tiny fold on one of the covers, but it was still fine. You know, they would sell it at reduced cost and you could get some really good deals on stuff. And I guess for people that, you know, really want to build their libraries, it was like a, a good way to do it. You could get like deep discounts. And so they would open their warehouse. I forget how many, like two or three times a year. And so their, their, their um, customer base, because it was close to the seminary, a lot of them were div students, but then they got, you know, because they had a lot of popular culture books, people would come from all over, like people would come from 
like several states away and because they knew that it was gonna they were gonna sell it and they'd come so it was kind of a broad range of gdf um so you've described it as a book distributor slash warehouse how many cashiers did they have at this event oh a lot i mean it felt like a lot I mean, they kind of had individual stations or was it? Yeah. Like you describe it to me a little bit. So you'd go in and it was like a big, from what I remember, a big rectangular space and they had big long tables and then you get all your books that you wanted. And then there would be like, as you're checking out, there would be like a line of registers and you'd kind of get in a, you'd kind of get in a big line and then when you got to the front, they would point you to like a checkout station, kind of like Trader Joe's something. Yeah. Something like that, like that type of setup, but it was, a, I mean, a lot more of them, or it seemed like a lot more of them at the time. Okay. Paula. Um, so when he left after while you guys were eating like did you finish your food did you eat his food i think i was so i mean i really it was kind of a fog like i'm trying to think of what i mean i think i was just so just stunned by it like i mean i must you know like i I must have like I must have paid for both of our meals i don't know how long i stood there i have no idea how he got back um I don't know if I stayed and ate more or I was just so kind of overwhelmed. I just, you know, kind of checked out and left. It was, it was kind of a, um, it was kind of a blur. Okay. So she finished her pancake. She thinks Itamar. Hi. Okay. Uh, I have like some less germane and more germane questions just because I don't really know too much about seminary. Uh, so I'm mm -hmm. just curious about the mechanics of seminary. Like, do do professors like make you buy their books like they do in college? Yes. Or in, like, other <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. And then uh, I guess oh, more germane is. Is this your last question? You only get three. Oh oh. That uh, really just blew it, man. That uh, was like a. That was a good question. It was no, wasn't okay. it? There is like. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so there's a combination. I mean, professors want you to, but I mean, there's professors that like, they'll have a book list and if they've written a book, it'll definitely be on it. Even if it doesn't have anything directly to do with the class, it'll be on it. But then they also have other, like, there's other books that you need, like, you know, you'll take a couple of what are called like exegesis classes. So you'll need like a good Greek lexicon that you'll use in several different classes. And like, they recommend like, you know, one or two that you should get so like you're kind of building not just you know not just getting books from professors but you're also kind of building a library that like okay i can use this for other classes and then down the road when i get into church i can use the you can have this library for like sermon preparation or other teaching you might do in the church so like um i don't know if i have any of the oh like here like i have um like this is a three volume translation of the Hebrew Bible that like, I mean, I didn't get that at that book, thing, but I mean, that's like, you have like reference books that you use more than once, but then you also have books that are particular to the class that like the professor wrote. And, like I had to read a book on Latin American Pentecostalism for like my pastoral ethics class because the professor wrote a book on it. Okay. So. Um. Okay. Um, this is dead air, Kate. Have you ever Googled either of these people to see where they ended up? Out of curiosity. Uh, I think I might have tried to find out what happened to the Dave from the Hershey kiss story, but I, I wasn't able to find out. And I don't know the other, the other Dave, I just didn't really care enough about follow up. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I don't really care. <laughs> I'm interested in the breakfast. 
Mm, okay. So, all right. So you go to an early morning book feeding frenzy with a seminary student. And then it's like there's the feeding frenzy, you know, the shark sharks get all worked up. And so then you go out to some kind of diner for breakfast. And then and only then he is upset to find out that you are an MDiv. And so there's presumably some upset sense of expectation there that he expected that there's some legitimate place for you in the seminary, but that you are out of your place because you're in a, a pre-pastoral study program. And so my question is like, what was the answer to the, who are you and what were you do? What are you doing here uh, that he would have finished his pancakes and had another cup of coffee and wanted a second date? Okay. So just, just so I'm understanding your question. I mean, he knew you were at the seminary, right? Yeah. He's upset and eventually storms mm -hmm. out because mm -hmm. you're, in a pre-pastoral uh, MDiv program. Mm -hmm. But so there's presumably some answer to the what are you majoring in that he'd be like, oh, cool, let's, you know, let's go out mm -hmm. again. So what's the universe of, from his point of view, acceptable answers to this question? Um, so I think that's a good question. So um, yeah, so this kind of gets into a little more of the seminary culture that like, like I said, there were, students that were in the MDiv program, and there were also students in these Master of Arts MA programs. So, and, and there are people who are in the MDiv program that aren't necessarily pursuing pastoral ministry. Like they might just be doing it for, um, I mean, not, not just personal enrichment, but like a, like a ministry job that isn't like working at a Christian organization that doesn't involve like preaching and executive leadership. I see. So his, um, his his problem with you was that you wanted to preach. That it was ordination. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, ordination. it was ordination. Like I was, I was under, I was what we call under care of my denomination. So I was definitely on an ordination track. Like not As just taking to like answering the phones at a church. Yeah, or like being, or being a director, or you know, they'll try to call positions different things that okay you know so like an or an associate manager. you know like an associate position but not a senior pastor or a solo you know like there's all these semantics that they you know like conservative christianity tries to you know and it depends on the it like it depends on the organization like some like some are more strict than others like there's no i mean that's why i think that the whole like kind of gender roles and what the clear teaching of scripture like clearly delineates certain positions I think is just kind of BS because I mean denominations just find ways to get around you know like get around them like well well a woman can be like an like an associate but not a senior or a director but not a pastor or you know or they can teach like some of them went on to get PhDs and teach at a seminary like you can teach at a seminary but you can't preach at a church like it it doesn't it, like, if you really think about it, it doesn't really make sense, but there's all these, like, you know, well, women can do this, but not this. And it's sort of, like, just depends on whatever the comfort level of the men in charge of the organization think it, you know, like, it's not really, you know, it's it's not really based on clear teaching of scripture. <laughs> um, anyway, at least that's my <laughs> my point of view anyway. Others would disagree. Not me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. For my final question. Okay. So, friends talk. How did your friends react to the story of the book fair? And was they were they surprised by his reaction or 
was there something notable that some one of your friend group someone said because you had mentioned that some one of your friends in the Hershey Kiss story was kind of like oh well he likes you Bleh. but <laughs> I want to know what their reaction was to this one mm, that's a good question again it was kind of it was kind of a blur because like some of my friends went like went to the to the book fair that day as well like there were a lot of people from the seminary there um I don't remember any like specific thing. Um, I mean, you know, as 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 a woman in seminary, women just kind of got used to, you know, some men being kind of jerks like that. So yeah, I don't I remember the word you're looking for. Yeah, so I don't I don't remember there being any like particular thing. I think it was just kind of like, oh yeah. Okay. Paula, like... you're a witness. <laughs> I'm very sad we can't see Paula's face for this show. I feel like it was the excellent. one. Uh, yeah, these um, questions. What were the logistics of the giant Hershey kiss? Did you eat it? Did you like how like how was it I transported? Really, I, like, I like how Paula like left the like the the specifics on the creep factor and moved entirely to focus on food. <laughs> How did you eat the chocolate? <laughs> but I'm just saying, like it's like I've seen those things and it's like a chisel. Did you, yeah you did you did you like break <laughs> it? Like how was the message attached? Like can you explain what the like specs were on the Hershey kiss? Like how how you how that worked? Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I remember the presentation, it was in a, a big pink bag with roofy red paper. And it was big. I mean, it, it was big, like I said, I mean, it was like in a box, you know, like this, inside the bag. And I remember, like, I had to get a package slip from the mailroom, because it was way too big to fit in the mail slot. Um, so I, again, I don't really remember exactly. Did you like end up eating it? I think I ended up eating part of it. I mean, I think we ended up just kind of putting it, we had like a common room in the dorm that we would like put, you know, random stuff on. I think, I think we kind of just made it like a group thing to, we gradually consumed it over the next several weeks. But I don't really okay. remember if it was kind of foggy. Final question, because we're almost out of time. Tamara, go for it. And then we're going to take, and then tell us what you think your, after she answers, tell us what you think your answer, what whether, which is the lie. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to double down on my just exploratory questions. Uh, what is the, uh, uh, is there like an expectation that like most people will like find their life partner at seminary? Like, I think Brigham Young has a huge like, rate of marriage in school? Mm -hmm. um, that's a really good question. So I um, I also went to a, 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 a faith-based college. Um, so Christian college is very much like, undergrad is very much like you get married, like ring by spring, you wanna, you know, find your partner. Seminary is a little, different I think at least as I found for women like men there were plenty of men that got you know found their partner and got married um they tended to marry the women who um were in the in the master of arts the two-year program rather than the MDiv um so I mean I oh there's Luke hi um, so I mean I I went to seminary to to pursue what I thought was my calling to to ordain ministry. So I didn't necessarily go with those expectations. I think some of the men definitely did, um, but were also like it was just a really weird dynamic because you know there's these Christian men. There there's also kind of like you know they're saving themselves for marriage, so they're in their like early to mid twenties. They're, you know, really excited to connect and find somebody, but they're also like, here's these women that are, you know, pursuing leadership that they, oh, there's Nina. 
Um, <laughs> I don't think they should, you know, so it just was this weird, I would say it's more, more so with undergrad than, than seminary. Although I know friends that did get married in seminary. Um, I'd say the culture is stronger in undergrad. In fact, the seminary was close to an under, like a, an undergrad that was also faith-based and some of the men at the seminary would date the women at the college. Okay, Itamar, the story's a lie. Okay, I'm going to, and credit to Mike Godwin if I'm right, and uh, I'm bad if I'm wrong, but I'm gonna go with the Hershey story as the lie. Uh, bonus points if you're one of the friends who said something like, oh, he's a nice guy. Maybe he's just like interested in that story. Uh, and I so think the- what, What's your rationale? I kind of, I think uh, in the initial story, um, the Hershey kiss story, I think there wasn't as much detail and it kind of sounded to me like a bit more of a secondhand story uh, versus the bookstore story kind of felt a little more lived in. I, excellent, excellent rationale. Paula? I'm gonna say that the Hershey kiss story is a lie because I just feel like the other story, like who would make up like a warehouse, you know, Black Friday-esque event where, you know, people in seminary go crazy on books. So I, I think the first story is a lie. Okay. Ben? I am with Paula and Itamar, and for very much the same reasons that they articulated. I think the, uh, first of all, the uh, creepy guy who is a little bit too uh, friendly and enthusiastic uh, is a fairly easy thing to make up. The um, uh, warehouse uh, of uh, seminary students gone wild, uh, uh, feasting on the flesh of books is, uh, and then going out to breakfast afterwards. Uh, that strikes me as a pretty hard one to make up. So uh, I am gonna, I'm gonna go with the CW on this. I, I, I think the uh, the uh, early dawn bookstore date story is true. Um, I'm going to go, or Genevieve, it looks like you have some quiet for a second, so I'll let you go. Go for it. Oh, can you, ooh, go ahead. Did, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, okay. there you go. I think the Hershey Kiss story is the, uh, not quite the, the truth. I think the, uh, I think the bookstore is the, the, the one to go with just because people are that rude. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and the just before Kate gives her view, the audience, by a thin margin, also thinks the Hershey Kish date story is the lie. Uh, 58%. Oh, no, it's changing. It's changing. 59%, yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, it's close. But so far, we have unanimity on the Hershey Kish date story as the lie. Kate, do you want to... Uh, take the under on that or are you yeah. with the cw i i'm with the cw i think like in my heart of hearts but because i like a good riskless risk i'm going to take the under just to be obstinate no uh, no 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 wait. you 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 just Why said not? in your heart you think the hershey kiss story is is the false one i i well i'll tell you what it was specifically you like. can't was, say i really believe this but i'm gonna okay. say this because because I just did that. Okay, fine. I really okay. We're unanimous. We all think that the Hershey Kiss story is made up. I'll tell you what sold me was like actually it was Itamar's observation that it sounds like it could have been a secondhand story that happened to one of her friends. That seemed very. That seemed very like believable. And as someone who's been seeking out how to play this game because I'm so bad at lying, the only thing that I have been able to come up with is stealing other people's stories. Okay, but true. we are so now anyways. in a we are now in a unique situation. Never before have the panelists, the audience, and the host all agreed on where 
the lie is. Dun, dun, this dun. is the first time, which means that if the Hershey's kiss date story is true, Reverend Dr. Hillary Livingston, you have fooled everybody, which would make you the unrivaled champion of uh, 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 Where's the Lie? So it's time for the big reveal. Which story is true? Okay, drum roll. The Hershey Kiss story is true. All true. Hillary Livingston fooled everybody. Now I will. You're talking me out of my underbed. You should have. You should have gone with your your non intuition. Wow. So I will say that in the first story, the book warehouse is a thing that exists and people do go there, but I didn't go there on a date. I went there with just other random people to buy books and the rest of it was BS. Just made up pancakes and first Timothy. Yeah. I mean, I did have, I did have a, a guy, I did have somebody in an interview kind of Ooh. have sort of a similar conversation, but not, there wasn't any storming out or anything that was just, so the only part of that, the, the book warehouse was an actual thing, but it, I didn't go on a date. Should have, the rest of it was, should yeah. have focused on the food questions on that date. Then, yeah, but the Hershey wait, kiss, I, that, that happened. I want to know, wait, was the Hershey kiss hollow? I've always wondered this about them. Are they hollow or do they are they milk chocolate all the way through? I can't even remember. God. Okay, now I might, I'll have, I to, might have, to, I'll have to buy one and see. Yeah, exactly. Well... We are going to leave it there. Reverend Dr. Well Hillary done. Livingston, you right. are the Thanks, champion fun. of Ooh. Where's the Lie. Uh, ha the only person who has ever fooled the audience, all three hosts, and all of the panelists. Uh, we're going to be back after this weekend um, with some guests. Uh, oh, yeah. Do we have a guest yet? No, we don't. I don't know. I don't think we do. But there'll be a guest. Yeah. There'll be some hosts. Uh, and, you know, you guys will be here. And that'll be some hours and, and 54 minutes from now. And until then, Kate? We're not allowed to have fun anymore. But we are allowed to have angry oh. hash browns and seminary curiosity. Wait, and we're allowed to have one other thing, which is we're allowed to have... Hillary Livingston pick the next nominate, oh, yeah. the next okay. person. Thank um, you for remembering that. Okay. Yes. Um I I nominate Paula. I think she would have some interesting stories if she Oh, accepts. I'm excited. All right. Oh, I can't wait. Oh wow. Paula, right. do you accept great. the nomination? Paula, answer in the chat. Oh, I thought Lisa was Paula for a second because it was green. <laughs> <laughs> Paula, you got it. Nope. Do it, Paula. Because we're not allowed.